very pleased to welcome Amp Fiddler. You just stepped inside of Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Roman. I want to welcome you to another exciting edition of Psychotic Bump School on this Christmas Day, 2023. So, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, oh, we have an amazing but somber celebratory show all wrapped up into one. Ladies and gentlemen, this entire episode tonight will be dedicated to the music and life of Mr. Joseph Amp Fiddler. That's right, he passed away a few days ago, ladies and gentlemen, a musical genius out of the East Coast and his musical influence and imprint on all of music has left an indelible mark across the United States and across the planet, really. Uh, Amp Fiddler, responsible for some of the most memorable music you've ever heard of in your life, ranging from his days with the vocal group Enchantment, up through his years with RJ's latest arrival. Did y'all know that? <laughs> of course, George Clinton and P-Funk and Parliament and all that. He was down with them. And then he just went into this amazing solo arc where he just became an icon in the world of uh, the soulful underground, as we love to call it. He was a mentor to uh, the good brother, Mr. James Yancey, a.k.a. Jay Dilla. And uh, the rest is history. The music that we got out of Jay Dilla, also out of the D, um, is something of hip-hop lore and beat makers across the planet have been influenced by this guy and this was his teacher ladies and gentlemen amp fiddler so we're going to be paying tribute to him all the music that you're going to hear tonight during the episode is going to be all related in some way to mr amp fiddler passed away y'all at the tender age of 65 to help me have this conversation this evening and dedication of the good brother mr amp fiddler we're going to be joined by sharon harris keyboardist and musical mogul She's joining us tonight. Um, Aja Shine Alexander. That's right. Good sister Aja Shine, who's known all over California, of course, around the world, really, with this Fusicology website that she has that's united the entire uh, musical underground. Aja's here also. And I'm also excited to welcome back the good brother, Piranha Head. That's right. Piranha Head is also out of the Detroit area a beat maker, a composer, an arranger, a multi-instrumentalist, an amazing talent in his own right. Straight out of the D, y'all, the good brother Piranha Head will be joining Aja, Sharon, and myself to help us pay tribute to the late and great Amp Fiddler. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGTheTruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bum School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our tribute to Mr. Amp Fiddler after this. I remember daddy sitting on the floor Playing you remember black folk cutting bolts And mama watching that King Crow show On a box with no remote control 
Truth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, the music world is still reeling for a succession of losses in the world of entertainment. Uh, we'll get to a couple of them here and there as we have time, as time permits. But we're here for a very, very special uh, transition. Uh, the good brother's name was Amp Fiddler. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Amp Fiddler is, believe it or not, you do. I mean, this, this, this cat uh, means the world to a whole lot of people, not just in Detroit, but all over the world. I mean, this cat was such an influencer that uh, I would be remiss if I let 2023 go by without squeezing one more in for this good brother. It is definitely worth that occasion. And to help me pay tribute to this good brother, I am astounded that I was able to get uh, such a wonderful, distinguished group of people together so quickly. And uh, it's 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 crazy. And um, I'm going to introduce them one by one. Um, let's go to uh, the, the ladies first. My good brother, you know who I'm talking about. I'll be with you in one second. Uh, this good sister. Oh, my God. We go way back. And um, she's a legend in her own right. She uh, has actually introduced at least one of these guests on the panel to me. And um, she's a dear sister. And she is a curator of nighttime entertainment. She has been there for us all, all across the country, all across the world. She has done her bid and due diligence to unite the world of the soulful underground all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Aja Shine Alexander. Aja, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, sis. It is so good to hear your voice. I feel like it's been forever. I mean, I'm, yes. I'm actually getting emotional. It's been a long time. Uh, also, you, you brought... Uh, Two, you know both of these people, Asha. Oh my God! It, see, that's what I'm saying. Asha knows everybody, y'all. <laughs> she know a little something to everybody. And I didn't even know. Uh, uh, stand by, good brother. But you also introduced me to this young lady here. This good sister. Look, she is a veteran of the entertainment music business. Uh, she's an educator. She's a curator, an influencer. Uh, including one being her beautiful offspring, who's doing some wonderful things. She's a manager. She's also formerly a touring musician with the late, great Barry White on the keyboards. Uh, it's been a while since I've talked to her as well. And I can thank Aja Shine for introducing me to her as well. So ladies and gentlemen, also welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Miss Sharon Harris. Miss Sharon Harris. Hi. Hi, I am. What is going on? I was just oh, here too, wow. Sharon. Oh my I god! Know. It's so good to to be here. Thank you for uh, for having me, and I don't. I I'm just loving this panel. I'm loving the the <laughs> here also. Oh, thank you so much. I've never had you both here at the same time, but so the the honor is all mine. Trust me. 
Anne, Sharon, stand by. Aja, stand by. Like I said, Aja knows both of these, these guests, ladies and gentlemen. This good brother, uh, he's out on the East Coast. And uh, this good brother, I would have been completely remiss if I didn't at least reach out to this cat. Uh, this brother is known all over the world as well. He is a musician. He's an artist. He's a composer. The good brother does it all. And uh, he's done some amazing work across the uh, various genres of music from the funk to dance music. He's done some classical work with an artist you guys have definitely heard of. And we'll see if he wants to talk about that a little bit. But I'm honored. And uh, we're doing this for AMP. And this good brother is definitely in the know. So, ladies and gentlemen, also welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Piranha Head. Piranha, how you doing, good brother? All's well, my brother. What up, though? Y'all all right? Hey, man, we trying, man. You good? Because you out hey, there, man. bro. Minute by doing? minute, day by day. Minute by minute, day by day. You dig? Same song, different mix. We just, um, uh, I'm really grateful to know that you're out, that you're doing this for um, my big brother. I'm well, really grateful for that. Well, thank you, man. We're, we're grateful to you, too. And um, all of us have a special connection to this uh, segment right here. Um, if you don't mind, good brother, I'm going I'm to defer to you. Uh, what's the vibe mm -hmm. on Detroit right now? You you said you hung out with Moody last night and been hanging out with the cats. Uh, how's everybody doing out there? Up on all is well. Um, the We had a, a the other night, I think on Friday night, we had a midnight toast for AMP. It was you know, all the all the cats was there. Uh, myself, Wajid, um, Kenny Dixon Jr., Moody Man, uh, uh, Carl Craig, Derek May. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Chuck Flask. You know, DJ Minx came in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just you know a room full of people who really knew and loved them. Um, Motor City Wine is a little. Um, it's a little wine bar here where, mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, app has played there plenty of times. And, you know, it's just a place where, you know, you got a new record you want to drop. Come on, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and, and all of that. So we just got together and uh, shared some memories and all of that. Um, I, I would be remiss myself if I didn't say that. You know, one of the reasons why I am who I am is because I am, man. I mean, you know. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, I've been knowing Amp since, dang, you know, the 80s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, as a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, him playing with George or, you know, uh, you know, seeing him at a at a music store or or. You know, he would jam with locals. He was also, uh, um, you know, a, a, a you know producing other cats at that time. But also, you know, I know that a lot of people nowadays know him as the person who taught Jay Dilla how to use the MPC, and there, that's what they know because mm -hmm. that's what they've been taught. Um, but you wouldn't have songs like, you know. You know Maxwell, don't ever wonder. Or that first, that whole uh, Urban Hang Sweet album. That that would have never happened without Amp on keys. Pearl, 
some of the Tony, Tony, Tony stuff. The pianist on Kiss from a Rose. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, there's a lot of, you know, I, and he did produce some stuff off the Seal out off that second Seal album. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, you know, and plus, you know, was a was a musician's musician. You know what I mean? You know, uh, he. Uh, I remember he gave me a gig um, to do hustle off Afro Strut. Uh, do strings and I was using college players and their intonation wasn't really on. And so then he, they, you know, him and the company ended up deciding to use Larry Gold to do the strings. And I, I, you know, I got the CD and thinking I was going to, you know, and I played it and it was like, man, it's not my strings or whatever. And when I did get a chance to talk next to, you know, talk to him again, he, you know, I said, man, come on, man, what happened? And he goes, little brother, just like I always tell you, be around people who make you better. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's where I started using Detroit Symphony Orchestra players and, you know, really being the copyist for Paul Reiser. And, you know, because when I, you know, when I was young and we were hanging around Amp, he's like, yeah, y'all good. But, you know, study theory understand real music like you know and he would he would tell me he would protect me i used to try to go touring with p-funk like touring touring mm -hmm. you know as a guitarist not just hanging out in the studios not just hanging out and you know clip and all of them i used to want to be like the little eddie hazel and amp was like no nah, <laughs> you stay over there and do that Stay over there. <laughs> and and you look how that worked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't out here, you know, drug stricken and all those types of things. So he did the same thing for Wajib, for Jay Dilla, for a lot of us. Moody Man, uh, you know, helped Moody Man start Mahogany Records. You know what I mean? And I was on that label for a long time. So, you know, he's just like a cornerstone for a lot of us who came in his path. So, you know what I mean? A, a, a big brother is, you know, he gets stuck. <laughs> He's been a star, but you know, now he's really shining. So he's really shining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really shining. And I think uh Sharon, even you, aren't you formally trained too? Because I know you can get down on them keys. <laughs> I am. And I met Amp around 1985. Yeah. So you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and totally, I can totally relate to what you're saying because I met him. I just you know, graduated from Berkeley a couple of years earlier. He was playing with Parliament Funkadelic, but with George in um, Port Chester, New York. I was living back in New York then. And they came to New York and, you know, Eddie Hazel was there and uh, mm -hmm. Mike Hampton and, you know, mm -hmm. everybody was there. So I got to meet him. <laughs> Port Chester is really small. So it's easy to, you know, go backstage, say hi to everybody. And we became friends. We became really, really good friends. Um, 
and because we had some friends in common and we were all musicians. So when he was in town, you know, we talked music, sit down and jam. And he was, you know, he was always encouraging. And for me as a woman in the music industry, I never really thought of myself as like a female keyboardist before. I always thought of myself as just a keyboardist. And I had no idea how I was perceived by others until a little later. But he always saw me as a musician. And that was always really cool to me. And, um, you know, just developing this really strong uh, friendship, this connection through music, um, you know, working with a lot of people in, in common and just having a lot of people in common, you know, because I, uh, he was very close with Leon Ware also, who I was very close with. And Leon. Yes, that's, that's who introduced me. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Leon adored him. Mm. And um, I actually just spoke to Leon's wife. And we had a great conversation about him. Um, but it's it's funny with some people, there are some people that come in and out of your life. But with Amp, our connection was so continuous. And I was very close with his entire family, with his sister, uh, Mystic, that lived in New York. We were very, very close. And um, so, you know, I can almost remember every second that I connected with him, spoke to him, what we spoke about, seeing him in the studio when he was working on Mr. Fiddler, and also just watching him. Uh, he was like the first, I would say, independent artist that I could think of where I could really see the hustle front and center. Mm. You know, and I saw him, he was like, I'm building out my studio, I'm working on my... He was always working and just very intentional and really serious about what he did. It wasn't, it was about turning out really good music and um, an expression and always being that mentor. Yes, it was beautiful. I'll just stand by because, you know, Southern California, Sharon, I, I did have a chance to see your tribute to Amp. And you talked about his performance or an appearance at Amoeba Records and maybe yeah. he had done it multiple times, but I was at one of them. Aja, I'm, I'm not sure if you were there at this same one that Sharon is talking about. Maybe you guys saw each other that day, but I saw him perform live. That was probably maybe the second, first or second time that I saw him before I saw him up in Oakland when I actually met him. And so when you think about his influence, because Piranha was talking about how he, he was such a mentor and how he sort of galvanized people to kind of take their music and craft seriously. And Piranha, I mean, it's, I'm gonna come back to you for sure because I remember you said something about Bernie uh, when you were asking questions about theory, it was like Bernie was one of the Bernie Worrell, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May, may he rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. May he rest in peace. Uh, you were saying, and I'm sharing. I wonder if you have this reflection too, just being around Amp, the, the to take the craft seriously. Go to you. You gonna have to get some of those questions you have answered, brother. You gotta go to school for that because I think you were asking Bernie, man, what? How do you make the music do this and that? And um, I'm just curious. Yeah. You, they you know were, they were Piranha, concentrated but... on, they were very, I'm sorry, please forgive my intrusion. They, they were very uh, adamant in making sure that I understood, you know, what the craft involved. Mm -hmm. You know, if Amp played a specific scale or a chord or did a certain thing, yo, my God, man, where'd you get that from? So on, so on, so on. Man, listen to this Oscar Peterson record. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. he didn't 
he wasn't just studying the synthesizer or, or what Prince was or this person or that person. He was really listening to music. But Powell, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, McCoy Tyner, yes. you know what I'm saying? He was listening to these cats mm-hmm. and then, you know, giving them to other musicians and, and stuff like that, where we were listening to what the radio had to give us, you see. So mm-hmm. he was expanding our minds. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sharon, can you, can you pick up right there? Because the way he hits with the scene that Aja and I are in, I mean, we in the, the underground beat making, DJs, that whole culture, promoters. And so somebody like a McCoy Tyner, like Piranha was just talking about, he wasn't really sampled a lot in hip hop, but his music was really dope. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Because of, you know what I'm saying? And so it, it didn't have a, a sampling application necessarily. Even though I'm sure, you know, there's some people that sample McCoy Tyner just as an example. But can you pick up where Piranha left off? You know, how what did Amp do for you in terms of just getting you to take more seriously the craft of music and knowing your your stuff? Well, it, you know, it was interesting because it, it exactly what, um, you know, um, what Piranha was saying about McCoy Tyner and, and just understanding the musicians. Because for me in New York, what I had access to and what AMP probably also had access to were platforms like the Jazzmobile, Walter Davis, and um, there was another music, oh, Barry Harris had the Jazzmobile. So Mm -hmm. these were platforms where they were training young musicians. And, you know, we would go to clubs and hear people play, whether it was, you know, Herbie Hancock would be playing or, you know, McCoy or, you know, I got to see a lot of these musicians play. And because I went to Berkeley, that's what my crowd was into. Mm -hmm. So I was probably the only female hanging out, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, in that crowd. But, you know, but I had a grasp of scales and of of how to solo an application and i knew my theory back and forth so you know for me it was just like watching it all come together playing with conviction we would go to the um there was a club in new york called the cellar and the cellar was really a very important part because all the musicians whether they studied jazz or whatever came through there but they were also the musicians who were playing on the records, who were playing in the bands like Change and Fatback Band. And wow. you know, Mike Dino Campbell was there. Johnny Kemp was there. And, you know, transitioned. Uh, Alex Bunyon was there. So, mm. um, you know, and Tume would come through. Everybody would come through. All the musicians would come through because that, you know, Puji Bell, Marcus, I mean, everybody, um, Bernard Wright. So... Ooh, another great rest in peace. Yeah, I know, I know. That was another huge loss for us. Wow. But, you know, my connection with AMP was, you know, when he would come to New York for a bit, and then eventually when I moved, I moved out to uh, L.A. in 91. So those years from 85 till I moved out to L.A., he would come to New York to visit his sister, and I would always know when he was in New York and we would go and we would listen to music or, you know, we talk music or whatever. Um, but it was just a very rich time because you could absorb a lot. There was no social media. And that was the other thing. There was no right. social media. Yeah. So we were going out and listening to and just re- and it was like a workshop. You know, mm-hmm. it was a really important time for us as young musicians to learn and to absorb and to be sponges because 
yes, there were songs on the radio, but we had access to see the people in New York. And I lived like an hour outside, 30 minutes to an hour outside Manhattan, but I would trek down there for whoever was playing. And it didn't matter what type of music. It didn't matter if it was soca. It didn't matter if it was, you know, R&B. It didn't matter if it was jazz. But they were musicians that we wanted to see. You know, like you would see Art Blakey. I mean, wow. it was such a rich environment. This is Ayana.
Brianna Woods, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. This is Amber Ojeda, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Hello, sunshine. It's mighty good to see you doing fine. And although it's been a long, long time, I still find that you're heavy on my mind Oh, I see you Still looking good, baby Just like I knew you would But only one thing wrong I don't see you
KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. We're just chopping it up with the good sister, Sharon Harris. We just heard from the good brother, Piranha Head, out there in Detroit. And we're about to hear from this wonderful young lady, Aja Shine Alexander, y'all. We're here breaking down to its final compound, thoughts, reflections, and our little um, respects due to the good brother, Mr. Joseph Amp Fiddler, who um, sadly um, made his transition few days ago. Am Fiddler, y'all. That's why we're here. And this wow. is, uh, yeah, it is a while, good brother. And um, Aja, uh, you've been hearing Piranha and Sharon and, you know, you and I being in Southern California for as long as I was, you know, I'm not there now. But what did Am Fiddler mean to you, Aja? You you knew him and you know everybody on this panel, Aja. <laughs> yes, well, thank you. That the, These stories were incredible. And generational and we need to write a book and, and make a make a movie about the sky by the oh, way um for sure, sure. Yeah. um well you know my story came um i met amp fiddler actually through pevin everett uh i was yeah. managing pevin in the late 90s and he was uh i transitioned from being like a manager agent to um doing more marketing and event stuff in the early thousands and he started being managed by uh, a fellow sister named tinku and Tinku hit me up. Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I work with uh, a few artists you know, including this cat named Amp Fiddler. Um, and I'm going to start working with you on some things. And he's about to release um, an album. And that was Waltz of a Ghetto Fly back in exactly 20 years ago. Um, Crazy. Crazy. And yes. And uh, I was, you know, at that time I was transitioning from being like a manager agent to running um, what is now Fusicology. And Yes. I booked him on shows and did things with him. I was never like, I never had a title right with him. I wasn't like his blank, but I worked with him and I was in that same circle. And then a couple years later, he released Afro strut mm -hmm. and all of these were UK based labels. And I used to kind of fight with them a little bit because I, I always have a uh, this thing with Europeans coming in and swooping up talent and then sort of regurgitating them back to us and making us, uh, pretend like we don't really know what's going on but in actuality we kind of don't and we don't respect our artists when they're alive in this country so yeah. it's a little bit of that that going on so that happened a lot with amp um you know booking him was really challenging in the beginning people didn't really know who he was you always had to sell him on the sort of you know along with oh p-funk and this but then you couldn't really use the p-funk name because there's legalities to that yeah. Uh, sort of when I was like booking Questlove of the Roots and I couldn't use the Roots because it's owned by Universal Music. Um, things like that were happening to Amp a lot. And he was always kind of on the underground precipice. But I do believe that in 08, when he put out, um, I'm going to remember the name of the album in a second, Inspiration Information with mm -hmm. Sly and Robbie. That yes. flipped because now he was part of a sort of quote unquote a bigger thing and he really blew up. And we worked together a lot, uh, you know, with promotion and marketing during the movement festival in Detroit, which used to be called the Electronic Music Festival in Hart Plaza every year. And uh, did a lot of work with Amp here in L.A., spent a lot of time with him. Um, he was also very close with my old mentor that unfortunately also passed away a while back, long time ago in O2, named Laura Gavor. Um, Laura was a agent and manager in my mentor um yes. and 
Yes. Yeah, rest so, rest in peace to both of them. Rest yeah. in peace, Laura. Without her, a lot of this kind of wouldn't have come together. A lot of this sort of yeah, dance music, right? And Amp was that guy. And I, I want Piranha kind of step in because he's from Detroit. I just had the pleasure and honor of living there and going to school there. But Amp was like the glue of Detroit. You know, he was the you know, Moody Man and Theo Parrish and all these people. That was their big bro. Um, that and, was very much their big bro. Yeah. If you can, Piranha, please um, talk about that a little bit, because that's well, that's your world completely. And I'd love to well, hear no, it. Look, you know, I, and I'm going to say this. Our world, the world of Moody Man, uh, myself, Theo Parrish, Three Chairs, Marcellus Pittman, the Techno Three, all of that wouldn't be what it is first of all without people like you and that's not me blowing smoke up your ass or trying to sell you to yourself that's real that's me telling you the truth that's real so you right. know for real that's you already know where we stand when it comes down to that like mm -hmm. this woman right here has been a been a champion for us underdogs forever like for wrong. real being wrong. real come on you know yeah. so but still when it came when it comes down to amp um, you know, he was, he was just the guy, man. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, we, you know, uh, when I would rehearse with enemy squad, which is a band that, yes. you know, I had the uh, pleasure of, or unpleasure or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> to be a part of here in Detroit, which featured, you know, Gabe Gonzalez on drums yes. and all of that. So, you know, I we you know we would uh we would go visit and hang out with Amp because you know Bubs was over there. Mm -hmm. And you know it would you know back in the 90s you know cuz we we knew Amp with the we, you know with the dreadlocks coming out the top of the hat Amp too. And plus mm -hmm. I have to mention my big brother Paul Hill cuz oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Paul Hill was a part of all of that too. And that's another cat that I'm going to introduce you to. If you've not heard of him, he also mm -hmm. is a legend. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean that. I know. Like, you know, without yeah. these cats, without my big brothers, I wouldn't be who I am, seriously. That's so, cool. you know, we would, we'd all go over there and, and stuff like that. And we, people would run into each other at Amps. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Go over to Amps and, and then you, you run into Mike Clip Payne from P Funk over there or Gary Scheider. Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, a young James Yancey, Jay Dilla playing around with something. Yes. You know, like I remember uh, Gabe saying, man, what are all these niggas doing in your house? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and really being, you know, like, yo, like, hey, and it wasn't something that was like, you know we are taking space away from each other, but Amp was starting to fuel things. Like I met the sisters from um, Dames Brown. Dames Brown, oh, yes. Dames Brown, right, you know what I mean? Like, and you know, like they, uh, you know, so, uh, and if there's something that I couldn't do for Amp, even as of recently, you know, uh, uh, one of my contemporaries, uh, Deshaun Jones, hey, I can't do strings on this. I'm in the middle of doing this. Or whatever. He mm. called the shine, okay, and then give that brother a crack at it. Come on. Um, you know, he he was just a champion for musicianship and knowing how to do things right. You know what I mean? Like, there's a video that I have on my phone, um, that I put out and it actually went viral. I guess 
of Amp breaking down how Jay Dilla did something with one note on a on the MPC pads. Mm. You know, because he always it. tells, huh? Can you talk about it? I yeah. I mean, I really wish I could show y'all. I yeah, can't. I but um, it, it's just really interesting because you know he's breaking down some of the things that he taught. Mm -hmm. Jay, that Jay really re revolutionized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because Jay was a musician. Vatin was a musician. You know, thank God to Detroit Public Schools having music in the schools back in the late 70s, early 80s. Yes. Um, you said you know, Vatin, so that is that Slum Village? Slum Village, Brother Vatin, yes. Come on, all right. Yes, he was. He was a. He was certainly. He was another genius, man. Amen. Uh, you know, Dez is another. Uh, uh, Andres, are you familiar with uh, Dez? Dez, yeah, I think so. Aja, you are for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Andres. Yeah, 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 Andres. Yeah, he's a. You know, Humberto. So you know, he he's a percussionist. He's a Afro-Cuban percussionist. The brothers, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? People, you know, they recognize. But you know, cats like Amp recognize that. You know, he he. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who Amp exposed to the world by taking them on tour. Nico Red, um, wow. John Arnold, James Sheldon, keyboardist. You know what I mean? Paul Randolph, man. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. so you know what I mean? A lot of these people got their exposures because of Amp Fiddler. You know what I mean? That's that's he was literally the I don't I don't know who, who I could compare that to. You can't really. But yeah, Um the mentor's mentor, so to speak. You know, the, um, I don't know, the guy on the mountain with the gray beard that you go yeah. to and, you know, get blessed. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that. So, sorry. Go ahead, Asha. Oh, sure. I just wanted to also, you know, because I didn't really talk much about Dilla, but, um, you know, I, I wrote without Amp, there wouldn't be Dilla um, on my socials and got some reactions to that. People just that felt, oh my God, I didn't even really know and almost felt silly. And I felt like Amp mm. was definitely the most humble person I knew in I didn't even really realize that who he was like that because when I met him uh Dilla had already passed um like yeah. when I really started to get to know him you know because working someone's record and promoting them doesn't mean you're hanging with them right and he and Amp was spending a lot of time in the UK at the time with the label and when everything happened with Dilla and and all of that and I started to really dig I was just how do people not know right that was the whole thing he's that's the that's the part that has always sort of gotten me almost revved up you know because people are almost too humble and they don't get their flowers and, and it's the same stuff that happens every time it happened to Dilla majorly Dilla is way more quote-unquote famous than he ever was when he was with us um and that just way for some more. Right. And it, I don't know what it is about Detroit. It happened with, with Batin as well, with his passing. There's Ooh. something right like where people don't give you your flowers when you're with us. And then once you're gone and everyone knows you and everyone is, is so respectful. So, you know, hopefully um, Amp got a little bit more shine because he was around for longer. Yeah. But I do feel that there's something there. And I feel like on a larger scale, maybe the passing of Amp can teach us how to be more, uh, you know, work together in a better way, especially here in the States where I feel like we kind of don't give those flowers until it's quite frankly too late.
Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can I ask the panel something? Because Aja, you saw my my <laughs> I threw up the bat signal to you last night. And Sharon, I want to bring you in on this too for sure. Um I shared a reflection, Piranha Head and Sharon with Aja about the first time I found out who Amp Fiddler was in the scene. I already I had already heard of him, but I didn't know what his new sound was sounded like when we started to hear about him bubbling in the underground. And there was something about uh, the way he layered his vocals. There was something about the way he produced his tracks. They were dark, mysterious, but they were full of uh, tones. And there, there was a coloring and a shading to his sound that was very otherworldly. And Aja, do you remember that night that I was describing with you in the email when he was playing at our event? I did an event called Juju. And... Mm. He was legendary. Thank you. And I didn't even know who was playing. So Aja, can you talk about that? Uh, do you remember that moment? I, I do. Um, I, I know Sacred uh, was probably DJing and, and rest in peace, Al Jackson. It might have been Ron Trent. Was it Ron Trent? Uh, possibly. He might. He possibly. Have been yeah, because <laughs> right? Ron played amp like you know and he was a huge advocate and if anyone doesn't know ron is an icon on his own he's a chicago-based yes, dj producer and uh, Detroit, I, guess. I think it was ron and it was packed and uh i you know okay. you rolled up and we're like no what is this because i guess right. i was singing along to to the song and for for one moment you didn't know what it was and uh i, right. I was like it's amp fiddler and amp i fiddler. probably got a little detroit on you but um because at that point i just moved to la right i was new this is 20 years ago right you know you think that i must know that you know that i know you're unanimously unified with you and i and the thought of us ultimately you and the thought of each other You are the ultimate unit for me I play you delayed unanimously Begging a smile You took us in your flowers UPS advertise on UPN How I feel about I'm looking And a lot of, by the way, LA supported AMP more than Detroit supported AMP. I'm sorry, Parada, but that's just the truth. LA loved that. He would always tell me stories about, you know, how he's, you know, on sunset going somewhere and then somebody be like, yo, dot, 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 dot. And he ended up on Maxwell's record working with, you know, uh, Leon Ware and, you know, new Leon Ware from another situation and stuff like that. You know, uh, Sharon, you know more about that because you knew them both. I only met Leon Ware through AMP and had one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had. I can imagine. <laughs> Leon I, was the nicest cat, man. I Leon, know you could, Leon was the nicest cat, but we talked about some of the, I'm not going to say what we spoke about. But okay, happened, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I think I know. He was equal opportunity nasty, I swear. Yeah, exactly. I saw his live show, but... <laughs> yeah, Leon was on another level. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was an acceptable form of pornography, though, right? I mean, they, I mean, it was like he, he was the originator of the first bedroom masterpiece, right? I want you, Marvin Gaye. Uh, yeah. Right now? And yeah. what was his solo album called? I mean, I know we talking about Amber. musical massage. Yeah. Thank you. Go. Right. There you go. No, there you go. No, but that, that I want you album was for him originally. Exactly. Until exactly. Hey, Sharon, yeah. I'm gonna bring you in in a second, but Piranha, before I go to Sharon, can you can you please please before I go to Sharon Harris. This is important. You you said Paul Reiser a couple times. I know who he is, but can you just briefly tell us who he is and why you keep mentioning him? Uh, Paul Reiser is the is an arranger producer. He was a trombonist with the um with the um, uh, the Motown you know uh, Funk Brothers. Funk Brothers, exactly. And he was in that, but he also was an arranger who did all the arrangements for Motown at that time. From you know, really until from the beginning to the end, he was always one of their primary arrangers. Uh, yes, and so uh, you know, a lot of the orchestration, the strings, and the da 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 all of those little melodic, you know, things. That's all Paul Reiser's composition work. Okay, uh, you know, uh, all yeah. of you know every single song that you hear, like you know, dancing in the street. Um, both versions of Ain't No Mountain High Enough and Look at that. you know all of those things that's all Paul Reiser and then after, after Motown left Detroit he still stayed here and of course did work with other people but you know that's his work on like you know Never Too Much by Luther Vandross and, wow. and, uh, and, and uh, you know all of that all of them Motown covers like you know Since I Lost My Baby uh, mm. If you're familiar with a song by um, Ashton Simpson called "Bougie Bougie," yeah, yeah, that's that's Paul. Yeah. So you know, is that an instrumental? Is that an instrumental? Yeah, it's an instrumental. Oh, but he See, also did you, vocal You just gotta let these too. musicians talk. They got so much wisdom. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, you know. So there's a lot of, you know, I mean, there's a lot of that knowledge. And I mean, when I tell you this cat is, I mean, amazing. You know, I've seen him, you know, write scores. He still writes scores out by hand. You know, he's not a computer cat. So, you know, he'll, you know, if, if we're on a job and I have to copy for him. Oh, yeah, Stevie Wonder, too. Rocket Love and stuff like that. He's, he's uh, the cat. Um, uh, you know, do I do all of that? So uh, it, this cat was, he's the, the guy. Who, hear me out, you know, brother. For, yeah, uh, you know, so he'll be writing a score out by hand with no music plan, just looking at a basic lead sheet. And, you know, like if bar 46 says it's C minor seven or whatever, and, you know, he'll he'll work out leading tones and this and that, and, you know, all these beautiful movements in the pads and violas and cellos and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, one of the, and, and, is one of the greatest, like he'll do that literally, hearing it in his mind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, genius, man, genius level. And you know, yeah. I mean, and then there's other cats who he knew, such as Tom Bell um, and Gene Page. I, 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 I don't know, maybe I should say this, since you played with Mr. White, uh, Come on. Sharon. Say that. Gene yeah. Page was, say that. huh? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Gene Page, oof. Come on. Oh, you my see, God. Dean Page was Come on. the sound of Barry White. Come on. Yes. Come on. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, 
last you know? everything. Think about those iconic strings. I mean, even when, you know, love theme. Oh. Silly. Oh. Play that. Come yeah. on. You know, those cats are the ones who are the completely unsung heroes. Wow. They are the un they are the unsung like those guys. It's just like, you know, I don't mind, you know, be the, the one see, here's the thing. You see, and it took cats like Amp to tell me this. In fact, Amp did tell me this. Somebody who does their job is transparent. You can't see them. I was at United Sound. It had to be 2014. Uh, my brother Paul Hill had brought Jim Vitti back to um, United, you know, the for engineer. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, engineer. the engineer. And me and Jim Vitti, you know, met and linked up and you know, just came, became good friends. And he, you know, mentored me in a lot of ways when it came to, uh, you know, sound, audio. You know, I already had gotten an engineer's degree from, um, you know, the Recording Institute of Detroit. And, you know, yeah, I knew how to mic drums and do all these other types of stuff. And, you know, stuff some fancy and whatnot. He, you know, was the cat. Like he knew and crafted the P-Funk sound. Those claps that you hear and all of that. Amp, we were doing, you know, I brought, you know, some cats to the studio, me and some cats who worked there. We got Vinny to come back for a day or two and just to cut something, trying to get his feet back in the water. Come on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, some of the cats didn't, didn't, didn't nobody let me know that. Yeah, they said, you know, yeah, I called Amp. He might pop through. Okay, cool. It's what it is. I totally forgot. I wasn't thinking about it. In the black of my mind, it was there, but it was like, mm. Mm. okay, got Jim Vitti, and then cool amp. I'm not. The, I'm not. I'm completely forgetting where we are. And then amp walks in with his fro and sees Jim and says, "Yeah." And Jim's like, Amp! And they both like run towards each other and hug and they're reconnected. And I'm like, that's right. Oh, he's like, man, we used to be in here with enchantment and the dramatics when I was a kid. Say that, say that. And so-and-so and so-and-so, like, oh man, like, man, Jim, man, this guy right here, man, you got, this is the cat, man. You, He's like, if you with him, then you learning something. You, you know, like, this is guy. And they were telling me stories about like on um, what song was that on uh, Mr. Fiddler with Respect? Sharon, you might remember it. The one that had the horn section, but it was kazoo. Um, let me see. Oh, Lindsay and the King pin. So you want to be a gangster? So you want to be a gangster? <laughs> How did I know right. that? So you want to be a gangster? Because <laughs> I, I love that. I love the arrangement on that song. Right. So <laughs> I was like, because Jim had this thick, heavy Italian accent. He's like, yeah, why don't you go down to the, go down into the store and grab me a couple of kazoo, right? And I was laughing, they were laughing. I'm like, kazoo, like you mean like the zoo, 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 right, you know? And he's like, we couldn't afford no horn. That wasn't in the budget. <laughs> so, I had them go down to this party, uh, the party store where they have novelties and stuff, grab a few kazoos. 
and come back here and actually do a horn arrangement, but it's on kazoo. <laughs> hey man. You know, like it's But look what kind of texture it added. That's what I'm saying. And that's that's the important thing because that whole record it had a vibe. Man, and that whole record was like 1940s jazz meets funk meets scent pop. Man, that shit was genius. It was really similar to Kid Creole and the Coconuts. I was just yeah. thinking that. Dr. Buzzard. I was thinking yeah, Dr. Buzzard's like, original so, Savannah band. Exactly. Well, yeah, you know, because Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah band and Kid Cody Mondi. Basically, yes, the, and if you listen to what was going on, it was very reminiscent of telling a story through the style of music as well as the arrangement. Right. And each character almost had their own theme and own sound. funny place even though people look at it as a music city i would say new york the further east you go the more diversity and the more appreciation that you have you you will see for music and different types of music because there's more diversity there's more cultural diversity um mm -hmm. sure there's more of a melting pot la is a funny animal it's very controlling it's very contrived i mean the weather just happens to be great here and i think that's why most mm -hmm. of us, <laughs> it's nothing to do. I mean, I did, I moved out here because, you know, I knew that there were some jobs out here that I wanted to do. I would not have gotten the Barry White gig in New York. Had I, you know, I would not have gotten the Hammer gig living in New York. I got to play with other people, Jonathan Butler, but, um, you know, Doc Powell and a bunch of other people here in LA. New York was, was limited for a musician unless you wanted to play jazz Right. Uh, but if you wanted to play in a band, L.A. was the place. Everybody was here, you know, but there was still a lot of gatekeeping. Now, because there were studios here, I think that that was something that worked out really well for Amp, you know, because Raphael Sadiq, Ray had Blakesley, you know, which is literally around the corner from me. And he's been oh, wow. here years. I mean, I've I've lived in. Uh, North Hollywood for 20 years and I think he's been here close to that as well at that same studio so he's got that studio there and you know and he and Amp were really good friends and um, but there were a lot of musicians that he knew so he would come out here really frequently mm -hmm. you're talking about Sadiq yes no no yes yeah, Raphael Sadiq has a studio but Amp would go out there you know yeah, yeah. a lot you know what Take I mean? What was yeah, the did together? It was called Take It or something like that. Real funky chomp song they did together. Um, it, it's 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 really nice. 
But speaking of, um, because, you know, Sadiq is an Oakland cat, right? Bay Area, yeah. California. And so yeah. that's where I met Amp in person after seeing him perform live at uh, Amoeba uh, down in Southern California, Aja and Sharon. Uh, after I moved to Northern California, I actually met him at an event called People. Aja, you probably promote People on Fusicology, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nina Soul. Yep. Man. Yep. Yeah, very, oh, very Nina Soul, great DJ, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They 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 have an absolutely phenomenal vibe there. But I, I want to touch on this, and all of y'all can chime in any way you feel it. Because I'm wondering, Aja, when I when you told me who he was. It was something about his vocals. Can can Piranha and Sharon and Aja, can all three of y'all just kind of talk about the sound of Amp Filler, the, the sonic, the way it was hitting me, the timber of the way his vocals and his harmonies kind of hit is definitely out of that vibe from Enchantment. I got some Enchantment records. Enchantment was the bomb. They were the business. Oh, yeah. Well, they were and it, the was, business. it was also it was also a little sly in the family stone. Oh, and totally. It was also <laughs> even his textures. Remember when Sly first started using drum machines? You know, like yep. if, family, family if you did Family Affair, you know, there are a couple of other cuts that he had also. And um and amp that was the tone of his voice. However, he had a a lot his range you know he was able to do some other things with his range and dynamics i'll say yeah range and dynamic because he had other influences also you know so he knew how to treat different genre i mean different styles or just add different styles in and i i think that that's really important also when you look at musicianship so you're not so you know, just like monolithic with your with in terms of your musicianship, that mm. you really understand application. That's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Really understand what do you, what do you mean by that? What do you what do you mean? So by that? okay, so if you're gonna sing a country song, it should really have the elements of a country song. If, even if you're gonna create a country song, it should really have the elements of a country song, right? So, but Amp had that unique ability to be very authentic and understand the elements of uh, each song. So if he wanted to do something that was more of a conglomerate of different styles, he was able to pull those elements and understand what it took for them to work together. So it wasn't copying another style, but it was just influenced by what he listened to, what he grew up listening to and, mm-hmm. and what he studied.
This is your girl, Reese, and you're listening to DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. It's everything I feel about, I love, trying to rock you, what I've been dreaming of. Baby, you'll run away, say you'll never come back again. And I know that if I don't, if I don't, think about you, I'll be sad. Yeah, if I don't. About you, I'll be mad. If I don't not think about you, I'll be glad. Cause if I don't think about you, everything all about is kind of blue. And boy, you know how life is gonna change. When you leave me alone, I will never call you up again. Deep inside, you know that if I don't. saw and you know i'm on this houston thing sadiq beyonce scarface just did a tiny desk did y'all see that mm-hmm. his playing yeah that was live and it was sounding good right i mean just sonically the way he was able to get his i mean the band was always on point but the way those engineers i mean piranha head you're an engineer here sharon you probably are too to a certain degree yeah. but yeah, just the, the, the sound that they're able to get and it, it just fascinates me aja how you can get so much, you can only get so much from studio wizardry and tricks, but Amp Thriller had a deceptively cunning voice because yeah. it, it cut through. Yeah. And that, that's, what got, that's what really got my attention when you told me who he was that night. His voice is so distinctive, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and also one thing that, you know, is, is really special, I know we're talking about a lot of musicianship, is his, um, because he's a Detroiter, his, all the aficionados in the techno and house scene, right? Mm. That added the element of electronic music the way nobody touched because, you know, Raphael Sadiq, all due respect, I love the Bay, I love California, but dance music came from Detroit in that in that era, in that time, in that perspective. And Amp was like, you know, a musician, musician's musician that was also part of the dance music scene of you know especially in that time in the in the 80s and 90s when it was like really percolating so i think that's that made him you know funky and in you know in relation to george clinton and all of the people that he was involved in in in, in the funk world and then you know he was uh, i mean everybody knows him as a soul music artist but then he was also a dance music artist to right. all of the house heads and he had that sort of trifecta that i think um i can't think of anyone else that has no, that no.
like that whole Maxwell thing when that happened in New York and in LA with, with and yeah. amp was there for that. It's mm -hmm. like a lot of these sounds and a lot of these things that have that man sonically man there's no like for real sonically <laughs> nobody touches amp man. Okay. Because you know as soon as you hear Amp Fiddler Records you know exactly who it I is. Got, oh, oh really? Okay well what about oh. this one? Because no 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 seriously because in 1987, there was this big hit record from a, a trio produced by Cornelius Mims and a sister named Bernadette Cooper from a group yeah. called... Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You guys remember a group called Madam X? Yeah. Yeah. Just that type of girl? I was going yeah. through it. Amp was on that. He was, was yeah. not on that song. I don't know if he was on that song, but he was on uh, I Wonder What It's Like. Yeah. 
KCWG, thetruth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome. Almost forgot to say that. I've been into this conversation so deep. We chopping it up with the good brother, Mr. Piranha Head, out in Detroit. We got Sharon Harris, as well as Aja Shine in California. We've been breaking down to its final compound as much as we can, ladies and gentlemen. We just standing for the good brother, Amp Fiddler. Joseph Amp Fiddler. Light one up for the good brother. He made his transition, no longer in pain. Um... God willing, we'll see that brother again. Final thoughts oh, yeah. around it all, y'all. I can't thank y'all enough for being here. This is very special for me. And, you know, and Aja, she, like I said, I sent out the bat signal last night to Aja. I didn't really know she was going to be here until, like, moments before we started this. So I'm really happy to have her here. And so uh, I'm going to go around the horn. Uh, final thoughts about um, the summation of what Amp Fiddler's life and impact has meant to you and what it will continue to mean for our scene, for our lives as a man, as a musician, as a contributor to this wonderful thing that we call music. Uh, final thoughts on Amp Fiddler. Let's go to uh, Aja Shine, then Sharon Harris, and then let's land with my good brother, Piranha Head. Aja, what are your thoughts? Well, thanks so much, Rome, for having us. And um, it's wonderful to be on with you guys. And what Amp, uh, he was very dignified and very... Um, humble and he was just a humble giant and I will remember him as that and you know he'll, he'll his music will live on forever and I hope that we take care of ours while they're still with us and show them love and give them their flowers as they deserve I'm grateful to you as well and I thank you for introducing me to Ab Fiddler Aja Shine and thank you for Bless being it's for real uh, Piranha Head stand by uh, our good sister Sharon Harris is here final thoughts from you 
Yeah. Um, I want to thank you for for keeping his legacy alive. And I think, you know, stories like this are very important. I unfortunately was not able to interview him for my show on Sirius, although um, on Sirius XM, I'm on Studio 54 Radio with the Sharon Harris experience. However, I, um, I wish I was able to catch him at a better time. But um, he was so impactful and I and I'm hoping that there will be more information about him and about his significance and importance in music, also his standard, because that standard was golden. And just as Piranha Head was saying, how he was really one of those mentors that reached back and said, no, you need to do this and you need to do it correctly and you know, bring integrity to what you're doing. And oh, another fact that I don't think people know is that he and Greg Fillingains are cousins. Yes, did they not are. know that. Whoa, yeah, forgot all about that part. Did not yeah. know that. Right, it's like these little yeah. things come back to me. Um, yeah. After, all right, yeah. tell us. All right, before we go to Piranha here, because I know he knows. Tell us who Greg Fillingains is. It's very important. So, <laughs> Greg Fillingains, one of the most important uh, keyboardists in pop history, probably very well known for his work with Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, and I don't know if you know this, but he had a solo record, and I happen to have it. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> bad too. That album is that album called. Uh, the good brother Piranha Head is here out of Detroit. Yes, certainly, good brother. Uh, final thoughts on the good brother, Mr. Amphilly, your brother. Man, listen, I, our brother really, I, I'm really grateful that, that you called me, man. Thank you so much because, uh, you know, uh, uh, as, as I, I don't know, man, you know, um, this is this is one of those those nuggets uh, that, uh, you know, his existence is kind of, it's hidden amongst all the truth. It's like, you know, it's just like uh, Purple Rain is a country song. You can hear it, but it doesn't stand out like that. But it's, it's stuck in there. Am Fiddler is the key to everything <laughs> that we kind of know. Right. Um, you know what I mean? The the the, the he's an influence in the, in the Detroit uh, dance music scene, and which you know a lot of things hail from here. Uh, very influential in in all of our lives as far as that, as far as the musicianship of you know cats in Detroit, L.A., New York, th things like that. Everybody knows him and knew him. Um, you know, uh, and basically kind of it was the catalyst that helped somebody change the sound of music, basically, um, you know, uh, Jay Dilla. So, you know, there's so many elements of him, but, you know, really it's kind of like, you know, Am Fiddler existed, therefore we are kind of situation. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, that that would be a lot of responsibility for the brother to have on his spirit, but. You know, it's just truthful. I can't lie about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I can I can only speak the the, the honesty <laughs> that I know because it's something that I've seen and witnessed. So I'm really just grateful to have had him and and knew him and loved him and you know be a family to him and, and things of that nature. So I'm I'm just really grateful for that. So thank you allowing us to shine that light well that's our show y'all psychotic bump school is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul my name is dj rome and you know we're here every monday evening from 5 30 p.m to 7 p.m pacific time and it repeats again on friday evenings from 6 30 p.m to 8 p.m pacific time check back with us we shall return next week also want to thank our very very special guest for the evening aja shine alexander 
Sharon Harris, and of course, the good brother, Mr. Piranha Head. And we also want to send a rest in peace and a peaceful journey to our good brother, Mr. Joseph Amp Fiddler. Rest in paradise, good brother. We'll see you again one day. Also want to send a very, very special shout out to Mr. Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care and happy holidays.